All right, open your Bibles to John chapter 7. John chapter 7. Just want to greet everyone that's watching us live. Excited to have you with us. John chapter 7. Look at 37. If you're there, say amen. Can we stand in honor of God's word? It says, on the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink, for the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. Father God, thank you that we stand today on the other side of this verse and the spirit has been given because Jesus did enter into glory. And Jesus told us that it was to our advantage that he go away because if he didn't go away, the spirit wouldn't come, but he did go away and so the spirit has come. And Father, we thank you for the spirit. So, Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Have your way with each and every life, each and every heart. Speak to our hearts today. Speak to our hearts today, Holy Spirit. We love you, and we ask that you would have your way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. You can be seated. These verses are very, very important for the church to understand. Remember what was said to the seven churches in Revelation, that we must listen to the Spirit and understand what he's saying to the church. Well, Scripture is clear here in John 7, 38, that Jesus was speaking of the Holy Spirit when he said living water. And how that applies to us as believers is our study today. I need you to see, though, that there is a prerequisite for drinking of this living water. There's a prerequisite. It's not impossible, but it is a prerequisite. And I believe it is the difference maker as to why some enjoy a richer, more fulfilling walk with God than others might seem to. I think it's a difference as to why people enthusiastically and joyfully come to church and why some feel like they're being dragged here by a loved one or being told by a parent that, I just want you to come. Would you please come and don't make this a big deal? So what's the difference? We're going to look at three portions of Scripture, and I'm going to ask that you would find it. We've already read one. Go to Isaiah 55, 1, and see if you can catch the others with me. And then I'll finish by rereading John 7 again. Look at 55, 1. It says, Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Even if you have no money, come take your choice of wine or milk. It's all Free, go to Revelation 22 with me. Revelation 22. Come on, we wouldn't have you bring your Bible and not use them. Revelation 22. Look at 17. It says, The Spirit and the bride say, Come, let anyone who hears this say, Come. Let anyone who is thirsty come. Let anyone who desires to drink freely from the water of life. And now go back to our starting text in John 7. And we'll reread that for you again. 
737, it says, On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink, for the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. Older versions will say, Out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. When he said this living water, he was speaking of the Spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him, but the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. So what is this prerequisite? Notice the call goes out to all who are thirsty. To all who are thirsty. The prerequisite for the, this, this filling is, is a thirst. It's a thirst. Jesus said it in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6. They that hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. Look at one of my favorite verses in Psalm 107, verse 9. I want you to see this verse. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation this morning. Psalm 107.9, are you there? All right, it says, For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. So think with me as we're reading these verses this morning. If there's not a thirst, then there's nothing to quench. If there's not a thirst, then there's nothing to satisfy then what we're doing is we're coming to service after service after service and we are looking for God to do something in us and we have absolutely no appetite for God to do so. It's like looking forward to the Thanksgiving meal and not even being hungry. I don't know about you, but on Thanksgiving, I purposely don't eat anything until we get to the meal. And yet, people expect God to somehow come and do a work in them that they have absolutely no appetite for him to do. As if God is going to strong arm you against your will and make you love him and make you receive him. See, he gave each and every one of us a free will. We truly, we, 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 we freely choose and accept him or we don't. And nobody can do that for you. Nobody can make up your mind for you. Nobody can make that decision for you. Nobody can ask you to submit your will to God. You choose freely to do that. Freely. God's provided it all, but you choose. You choose. So notice the condition here. The condition is that all who are thirsty, let all who are thirsty come. And so I get it. I get it if you're coming to church and you're thinking, yo, man, it was nice. But, you know, no great big huge bells and whistles, no fireworks. Went off. Oh, I, I, I get it. I totally get it. I remember one service, couple that were coming to our church, you could tell she was on fire for God and he wasn't so on fire for God. And rightly so because she was a drug addict and God totally delivered her. Um, it, at just a moment of surrender at the altar, nobody really prayed for her. She didn't go through some 12-step program. I mean, she got set free on a given day. I know it doesn't work like that for everyone, but it did for her. 
And so she loved God and he loved her and they were living together and they had, I think, one kid between them, maybe, maybe two. And so they're coming and one day at the end of the service, he comes up to me and he points at me and he goes, you finally got me. I go, man, I didn't get you. If, I, if it was up to me to get you, I would have gotten you a long time ago. I said, God got you. And in a moment of surrender, all of a sudden he was thirsty and he wanted, he wanted God. So Pastor John, why come to church? I believe that you come to church so that you will become aware of your own thirst and need for God. That's why the Bible says, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. They realize they're spiritually bankrupt. They realize that they're spiritually broken because they realize that they're blessed because of it. See, if there's not a thirst, what do you want God to do? You know, God, would you just force yourself upon me? Would you just cram yourself down my throat? God, would you please? Many times we're so busy filling our thirsts, quenching our thirsts with all these other things, there is no room for God. You probably don't feel like you need God. You gotta have a thirst. It's gotta be there. It's gotta be there. In fact, if you look up where it says he satisfies the thirsty, um, he fills the hungry. That word hungry means to seek greedily like a beast of prey. Talking about an appetite for God here. God, I want you. I want you more than anything else I want you. I want you. And I think that's where the rubber meets the road in a life-giving, genuine relationship with the living God. It's where your focus is. It's where your focus is. I believe it's the difference maker. So it may be free, but there are conditions to be met. Yes, it's offered to anyone, but they have to be thirsty. Is it free? You bet. Offered to anyone? Absolutely. But they have to want it. And that want is described as a thirst for God. It cannot be a thirst for a husband or a wife. It cannot be a thirst for prosperity, popularity, or power. It cannot be a thirst even for acceptance, healing, or restoration. It must be a thirst for God. Pastor John, why? There's, like there's something wrong with healing and restoration. See, you don't get it. You don't get it. You don't get that when you find Jesus, you find all of that. In him is all of that. He's the treasure trove. He's what you want. He's what you need. That's why scripture says he's more precious than rubies and, and, and diamonds and silver and gold. The Bible says, the Lord says, the silver and gold is mine. You don't get it. You, you find him, you find everything. You find the love, the peace, the joy. You find the contentment. You find the fulfillment. You find it all. That's why scripture describes being filled by God, knowing God as being satisfied. When Matthew 5, 6 says, they that hunger and thirst for righteousness are filled, look up that word filled sometimes. It means filled to overflowing. Filled to overflowing. We're not just talking maybe coming up to the brim. We're talking spilling over. Spilling over. That you could know God to such a degree that there wouldn't be room for anything else to satisfy your life. You have found the one who satisfies in, in every way possible. That's why David said in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He didn't need anything else. Didn't want anything else. So my question to you is, 
are you trying to get this, this, this gospel to be Jesus plus? You know, Jesus plus this and Jesus plus that. And God, I, I need you, but I also need. Or is it all Jesus? Is he all you need? Or do you want him to some kind of work, some kind of arrangement out with you, some kind of dealio? All of a sudden, God gets kind of weird and confusing in situations like that because he's not all in all. He's not Lord of all. My pastor used to say, if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. And so I hope and pray that this morning things are getting clear because Scripture's clear. If it's a thirst for anything other than God, it won't be satisfied. As I understand Scripture, if it's a thirst for anything other than God, any other kind of quench is momentary. God is forever in the day. And he doesn't change. He's not there for you one minute and gone the next. We might be, but he's not. He's forever faithful. In fact, when Jesus returns, what's going to be written on him? Faithful and true. Faithful and true. Pastor John, I have been hurt by so many relationships. I have been scarred by so many people. My own parents said they'd be there for me and they weren't there for me. Well, God's not man that he should lie. And at some point in the ballgame, you will take that leap of faith and you will trust him and you will believe on him and you'll be changed by him and you'll find him to be more than true and more than real. Look at Psalm 107 again and let's look at the verses leading up to this because it's powerful. And I want to encourage you, strongly encourage you this morning. Look at the context here. Look at verse 4. It says, Some wandered in the wilderness lost and homeless, hungry and thirsty. They nearly died. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he rescued them from their distress. He led them straight to safety, to a city where they could live. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he's done for them, for he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Is that powerful or what? Notice they were hungry and thirsty and nearly died. Then they cried to the Lord and he rescued them. Notice the difference. That in a moment, God satisfied them when they were thirsty for him. They tried everything else. They tried everything else. And maybe you've tried everything else. I don't know about you. I had tried everything else. And there wasn't a substance out there. There wasn't a relationship out there that could satisfy permanently. But God can. And God will. And many of you in this room know exactly what I'm talking about. God satisfied them when they were thirsty for him. So let me, let me say this. And I'm hoping that you get this. If there's any part of the, the message today that you grasp with your heart, it's, it's this. How many of you know that some things are better caught than taught? I need you to grasp this with your heart. God's not ignoring your needs and is not deaf to your cries. But there's a difference in wanting from God and wanting God.
we've been around a lot of people and around a lot of families, and it never ceases to amaze me how we can be over at a couple's house and one of the kids is screaming and they're crying and the parents don't even flinch. And you're thinking, they know exactly what kind of cry it is. And they'll say, oh, don't worry about it, it's not serious. I'm thinking, it sounds serious. <laughs> if a parent knows whether the cry is genuine, don't you think God does? Don't you think God knows whether or not you're praying some foxhole prayer? God, get me out of this scrape. Come on, God, bail me out one more time. God, I want from you, but let's be honest, I really don't want you. So God, if, could, if we could work out some kind of deal where you would meet all of my needs, but I wouldn't have to be in any kind of committed relationship with you, God, I'm all in then. I'm cool, I'm good with that. See, God, I don't want a relationship. I just want you to do what only you as God can do for me. But I don't want to surrender to you. I'll give you a part, but I don't think I can bear to give you all. And Jesus, I know that you gave all, but I don't know if I can give all because maybe you would have me live in a way that I wouldn't want to live. Maybe you would send me somewhere that I wouldn't want to go. Let me just ask this. If we are talking about God, your creator, who fashioned and formed you in your mother's womb, don't you think that he knows what's best for you? And don't you think that he would call you to the most thrilling existence that you could ever know and only with him and joined to him and united with him and committed to him will you ever know that and apart from him you'll never know that. Don't you think, don't you think that the God that created the universe, that created you and me, the very hairs of our head are numbered by him. He sees it when a sparrow falls to the ground and we're of more value than many sparrows, don't you think he knows what's going on and don't you think he knows what makes you tick and don't you think he knows what he's called you to do? I think so. But doesn't it also make sense that he is not gonna reveal those things to you until he knows that you want him, that you'll be content with him so that wherever he leads you, your contentment will be with him because he can be everywhere that you go. Bible says in Psalm 23 that he even can prepare for us a table in the presence of our enemies. And that language that's used there is it is God's provision, a table full of God's provision, even in the presence of your enemies. See, but we believe that there are places that we'll go, or we believe that there are things that we can do where God could not possibly provide for us there. Yeah, but Pastor John, where was God in the midst of you're still here. Isn't it amazing we think about everything that we feel God hasn't done and we fail to realize everything that he has? I'm telling you, he was right there with you or you wouldn't even be here. He brought you through that scrape and was probably holding you so tight, you have no idea what you were protected from and you won't know until you get to heaven one day. See, just like that kid that wants... God's not going to give you everything that you want. That's not real love. That's a little bit closer to, oh my gosh, I just want this kid to shut up. What do you want? That's not God. God gives you what you need, not everything that you want. God supplies all of your needs according to his riches and glory, not all of your wants according to his riches and glory. 
And God wants to know you, and he wants you to know him. Desperately wants you to know him. Isn't that why he sent his only son to die? So that we could come into a relationship with the living God and know him? I'm telling you, that's exactly why. That's exactly why. The satisfaction and filling comes when we simply want him and not just another thing from him. So let me ask you today, are you upset with God because he hasn't answered your prayers? Are you upset with God because a loved one is no longer with us and you can't understand how a loving God would allow something like that? You know, it's astounding to me that the very God that created us gave us a free will so that we could choose whether to love him back because isn't that what real love is anyway? I mean, couldn't he have programmed us all to love him, but he didn't? He gave us each a free will because he will have you no other way than for you to freely choose him. Of your own free will, you choose him. Nobody forces you, nobody drags you, you choose. And just like that couple that came to church, she had come to know the Lord and surrendered her life to the Lord long before he did, and then one day. I can remember years ago being in a church service, and a bunch of people had come forward at the end and invited Jesus into their heart. And pastor, we're, it, was, it was a large church that Lisa, that Lisa and I grew up in, and uh, pastor singled the guy out, and he said, sir, would you come here? And I'm thinking, this is a little unusual that somebody just comes forward to ask Jesus into their heart, and pastor's singling them out. And uh, he said, can I ask you something? How long have you been coming here? He said, 30 years. And he said, and you have never asked Jesus into your heart before today? And he goes, no. He goes, I would just come with my wife because she liked coming and I love my wife and so I came. And he said, and now 30 years later, you're just inviting Jesus in your heart for the very first time? And he said, yes, sir. That tells me a couple things. First of all, that God is always working on somebody's heart. And maybe they don't respond as quick and as soon as you'd prefer or you'd like. That doesn't mean God's not working on their heart and their life. Pray for them. You're not the Holy Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to do his work. And just pray for those people. I prayed for my dad for 14 years before I had the opportunity to invite him uh, into uh, praying with me to, and leading him to the Lord in, in a prayer 14 years. And he was in the hospital and he was on his deathbed. Two months before he died, I was able to pray with him. Don't give up. And don't get so frustrated that God is not operating or not handling things the way that you think he should. You see this way, God sees this way. And just like we sang this morning, Nate led us, he does have the whole world in his hands. And if you had the whole world in your hands, how would you respond? And I'm sorry, we're human beings and we're born into a fallen state and we must choose to be born again so that we can enter into a relationship with the living God. That's a difference maker. That's a difference maker. And out of a grateful and a thankful heart, we surrender all to him and withhold nothing. Could it be, if you were honest, that you really don't want God, you just want a momentary fix from him? I mean, if we were being honest today. You know, Pastor John, I... You know, I don't know if I'm really buying in 
to, you know, all of this Christianity and all this Jesus stuff. I mean, it seems a little extreme, but man, I sure would like God to help me out. It's like asking somebody to marry you and you telling them before you get married that you really don't love them. But, you know, we'll take care of each other. There is a depth available to you in a relationship with the living God that you'll never know outside of a complete surrender and total commitment to him. He's not withholding anything from you. You're withholding yourself from him. God's not withholding anything from you. God's not keeping anything from you. God's not storehousing a bunch of secrets that he's just revealing to some people, understanding that he's revealing to some people and refusing to reveal to you. See, when you get Jesus, you get all that. Bible says a good understanding have those who keep his commandments. I believe it's Psalm 111.10. A good understanding have all those who keep his commandments. You might, have, might not have a full and a complete understanding, but you can have a good one. All of those things and more are available through Jesus Christ. So there's a decision that we must make. Would you be honest in saying that God has been good to you even though you may not have been good to God? That God has been faithful to you even though you may not have been faithful to God? I have seen people filled and satisfied with God not have such an easy life. I don't believe God's supposed to make everybody's life easy. You know what? I can't even find a whole lot of scriptural support for God making everybody happy. But I do find that he can give us joy unspeakable, like supernatural joy, not a momentary happiness. I don't think Jesus died on the cross to make us happy. I think Jesus died on the cross to make a way where there was no way to provide for us, where there was no provision, so that we could know God, so that we could boldly approach his throne. I believe that's why Jesus died. And I don't, I don't know where you're at today with all of that. I, I, I don't know if you, if you look to God as some Band-Aid and you're, you pursue him when you're in deep weeds and, and then once you kind of get through that, then you kind of lay off for a little while and, oh, man, I need to get back to church again. I, I, you know, it's been a while. I, man, I, don't, I can't remember the last time I prayed a prayer. Probably the last time that you were in a scrape, you prayed a prayer. Why would we leave a relationship that could provide all that we could ever want and need to the point that it could fill us to overflowing? Why would we just momentarily want that? Why wouldn't we want that all the time? Years ago when I was a youth pastor in Grand Haven, uh, there was a as, a, as a youth pastor, you're always excited when you get a, 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 an influential a teen to start coming to youth. Um, this kid was like a ringleader. He was a very, very good wrestler. And uh, he started to come and, and he got saved. And I knew that he was just one of those kids that wherever he went, he would always have like a group behind him. And he, man, he's on fire for God and he's coming to church and he's bringing his buddies with him. And then all of a sudden he falls off the end of the earth and I hadn't seen him. I didn't see him in one week and 
two weeks. And so after a few weeks, I got a hold of him and I said, man, what's going on? Oh, man, I, I, you know, man, I'm sorry, Pastor John, I've just gotten, I just got busy. And, and I said, well, you weren't too busy when you needed God. And I said, can I ask you this? I said, if there is a really good party in town and everybody goes to it and that person is throwing a party again the next week, wouldn't, wouldn't everybody want to be there again? He goes, well, heck yeah, because this kid was a partier. That was his area of struggle. Well, heck yeah. And I said, God is throwing a party every week. Every week. And it's the best party in town. Why don't you want to be there? Why don't you want to be there? And I'm asking you this. If you know that God can supply all your needs, if you know that God can fill your life and satisfy your life, why don't you want him? Why do you just want from him and you don't want him? I want to challenge you today as we close the service, and I'm going to invite the band to come back up here. I'm going to challenge you today to search your hearts. We're going to worship together, and then I'm going to come back up, and I want you to know what I'm going to come back up and do before I even do it. I am going to come back up, and I am going to offer you an opportunity to surrender your life to Jesus Christ if you haven't done it or if you have been away. And while we worship, I want you to begin to to cry out to God and and to search your heart because this is the kind of song that will afford you the opportunity to do so. So as the band leads us, feel free to join in and then I'm going to come up and pray with you at the end.